this evening we'll invite Tenajan Anand to give us um, some Dhamma teaching. For those of you who haven't met Tenajan Anand before, um, he comes from uh, Mapjan Buddhist Monastery, which is in Rayong Province, a uh, couple of hours' drive southeast of Bangkok. Nice forested um, mountain. And after I moved from Ubon, after Lumpur Cha died, I moved to live with him there. Spent about 10 years living under his guidance uh, before coming to live here. And it was actually with Ajahn Anand I first came to Australia the first time in my life <laughs> that I, I came to Australia and for him as well. And that's um, the beginnings of how this monastery came about. And he's been very supportive of us since living here. So tonight we'll invite him to give some teachings. Tonight I would have liked to ask permission from uh, Lumpolium and all the senior monks and junior monks to speak on the Dhamma. And I give my blessing to all of you who are gathered here on this occasion. You've come here because of your faith in the Buddha Dhamma Sangha. And you've all have an interest to support and help to build this monastery, Buddha Bodhiwana Monastery. Tomorrow um, we've reached the time where we will have the official opening ceremony of this hall, this Ubozada Hall, and the Sangha will establish the Sema boundary for future ordinations and other Sangha Kama. It's a time that we can be proud of our accomplishment so far in our practice. Um, we have faith in the Buddha and his enlightenment, in the Dhamma, the truth and the Sangha of enlightened beings. And we've been able to establish this place of practice for the Sangha and also a place for us all to come and develop Bhavana, uh, develop our minds through the practice of meditation. When we practice meditation we begin using an object, a meditation object, to develop um, a sense of calm and peace in the mind. Because normally our minds are not so peaceful. They're thinking many things of the past, of the future, and often quite agitated and confused. So we learn to practice meditation in order to understand our own minds better and to find the way to make them peaceful. The more we practice, the more we learn how to develop sati, mindfulness. And in particular, we become more mindful of our own bodies. We develop mindfulness of our bodies by putting our awareness, our attention on the breathing, following the sensation of the in-breath and the out-breath. We can also recollect the the Buddha as we do this by reciting the word Bhutto. So as we breathe in we recite Buddha, as we breathe out we recite To. 
once the mind starts to calm down as we do this becomes more concentrated and more calm we might experience some joy and rapture arising pity and sukha as a result of the continuous practice of mindfulness this will make the mind very firm and still and our teachers encouraged us to use this firm still mind that develops through the practice of mindfulness as a foundation to contemplate to develop insight we contemplate this very body to see it how it's made up of the four elements earth air fire and water and to see that the true nature or essence of this body is that it's subject to change to dissolution uh, it's impermanent it, and in that sense it's unsatisfactory and it's also beyond our control it's it's without an owner we can't really take it as a self seeing in this way is what we call insight and as we develop insight in this way it allows us to let go of our attachments our deluded attachments to this body and from that we gain peace of mind it's peace of mind that comes through the free freedom of attachment and so we must use our effort and energy to contemplate to see these truths in the nature of the physical phenomena and the mental phenomena that we experience when we practice mindfulness and develop mindfulness we can turn it to recollect the four basic elements which make up this body air fire earth water as we have mindfulness we can observe the earth element for instance we see it in those parts of the body that are harder firmer for example in the hair of the head the nails the teeth and so on we use our mindfulness in this way to direct our attention the mind's attention to the earth element and see it in the different parts of the body as we do this the mind can gather together and feel more settled more peaceful as it experiences more peace this gives the sense of separation between the mind that knows and the body that is known by the mind with this increasing sense of detachment the mind experiences a sense of letting go liberation and that's accompanied by Uh, pity and sukha a joy and an inner happiness and contentment this arises from the fact that it's letting go of its normal attachment to the body when this reaches uh, its culmination this the mind becomes one pointed we call it ekakatajita the one pointed mind the still absolutely still and firm state of mind at this point all the normal kind of hindrances and obstacles and distractions that bother us as we meditate the mind is freed from them it's peaceful and far away from the hindrances this is what we call the practice of samatha gamatana 
the practice of making the mind peaceful or calm. We use skillful means using different meditation objects to do this uh, with the aim of making the mind calm and still. Once we have some confidence in this way of practice, then we, we use our energy and our effort to develop mindfulness in this way using a meditation object. This is the way that all of our teachers have taught from the time of Lumpur Man through to Lumpur Cha down to the present. They taught us to learn how to one point our mind, to make it firm and peaceful and then to use that as a foundation to develop insight, wisdom, particularly to turn the mind to focus on the body and to see the four elements in the body and to see these four elements in the light of the three universal characteristics, that is that they are all impermanent, unsatisfactory and not self. To do this, it depends on regular and continuous practice. And through that regular practice, the mind gradually matures in its insight. The insight grows, and from that, our understanding of the, the Dhamma, the truth, deepens. As our understanding deepens, then the ability to make the mind firm and the development of samadhi deepens. This firmness of mind means that the mind is not easily shaken. So, for instance, when we experience different kinds of sense contact, the different objects that our senses bring us, the mind is not shaken. When the eyes see forms, the ears hear sounds, we smell, we touch, and so on, sati, or mindfulness, is maintained uh, and the mind doesn't just get caught into the normal way of liking and disliking and all the different moods and mental states that arise from that. We experience a sense of detachment based on the presence of mindfulness. We can also see that if mindfulness is at all weak or lacking, then it's very hard to do this, hard to contemplate, hard to be detached. And so we learn how, that we must try our hardest, our best, to develop mindfulness and clear comprehension of what we're doing at any moment and to maintain that, preserve it. So in the lay life that means you have to really learn how to develop a regular practice. You have to learn how to choose your times for mindfulness practice you might pick a time, say, first thing in the morning before you go out to work, where you sit down and you practice meditation. Or in the evening when you have some free time on, after work, you, you sit down and practice med meditation and develop mindfulness. But even at the other times when we're not able to do any formal meditation, we can't just let our minds indulge in whatever mood comes up. We keep having to return to mindfulness learn to develop this in a continuous way. You'll find that if you do just indulge your mind in any mood that arises, you just kind of let go of the practice and follow your moods, you'll find it very difficult to re-establish the sense of calm and mindfulness later on. And once you understand this point, then you'll see the value of, of continuously practicing through your day, just looking after the mind, watching over it. 
you'll see that the importance of you'll see the importance of mindfulness when you see how it allows us to understand the truth about this body and mind when mindfulness is strong and continuous we can see this body in terms of the four elements whereas before we used to take it just as a self automatically refer and, and view this body as just me, mine, a person with this increasingly refined level of samadhi and mindfulness and deeper investigation the mind starts to see through to the, the deeper essence or essential truth of this body we can have different experiences of insight arise as we practice maybe we just see sometimes or experience this body as just threads or wisps of air expressing the, uh, the air element or we might just experience this body as a pile of earth uh, rather than formally seeing it as us and taking it as us we just see it as a pile of earth without any owner these are examples of true insight that is arising the insight that is really uprooting our attachments and delusions this is what we call pavana maya panya the wisdom or insight that is developed through med meditation and it's accompanied by peace of mind and detachment this development of insight it comes in stages first of all we we understand just intellectually through listening to the dhamma we hear the buddha's words we hear that he said that the body is made up of these four elements that the body is anicca dukkha anatta but over time we start to understand on a more deeper level we take away those teachings we contemplate them think about them and later on we can actually see and know for ourselves with a peaceful mind we might take the time to contemplate this body use our imagination use the creative side of the mind we imagine taking out the different body parts and piling them up in front of us so you might take out the hair and just pile it up in front of you have a pile of nails a pile of skin a pile of bones you can do this with all the 32 parts of the body the result of this is that you start to see the body in a different light you no longer take it as just a self a me mine a being a person you see that it's none of it is really really belongs to us or anybody so we practice this contemplation of the body on a regular basis we try to if we do this without giving up it allows us to more and more see the body as the four elements rather than just as the old way of seeing it as a self for instance we might contemplate the water elements we contemplate the different liquid parts of this body the blood the lymph and so on and as you do this visualize it contemplate it recollect it ask yourself is this liquid a me is it me is it mine is it a self at times when we do this the mind might still be agitated and restless so maybe we have to turn back to contemplating the breath just calm the mind by focusing on the in and out breath 
cool the mind, make it peaceful. We might actually turn to contemplate the breath itself as an element, to see it as the air element, and to see the impermanence of the breath. We see this when we contemplate the fact that when somebody breathes in and doesn't breathe out again, then they die. Or if they breathe out and don't breathe in again, then they die. The breath itself is very impermanent, changeable. It affects the body as well, the rate of the breath, how shallow, how deep it is, and so on. Contemplating the breath like this, meditating on the breath, sometimes the mind might drop into samadhi, becomes very peaceful, goes in very deep. If it does, then maybe turn back to contemplate the body again. Again, turn to see this body in terms of elements, see it's the four elements. Separate these elements out, and by doing so, um, the sense of self and attachment and clinging starts to fade. If the mind is peaceful enough, just keep contemplating to see the body as four elements and to see that whichever aspect of the body you contemplate, it's subject to impermanence, it's unsatisfactory, it's not self. You can't find a, a real lasting self in any of this. The more we see this, the more we experience that kind of insight, then the mind and the body have a sense of separating from each other. This is the fruits of Gayanupasana Satipatthana. The result of it is we experience a peace of mind. It's something to experience on a repeated basis, over and over again. We develop the peace of mind and use that to support the investigation to develop insight. The more we experience peace, then the more we turn back to contemplate the body and to see the truth. One who sees the truth sees the Buddha. One who sees the Buddha sees the truth. So we've all come here together at Buddha Bodhivana Monastery to practice in this way, to, to develop ourselves on the Buddhist path, to follow the teachings. We should really contemplate our good fortune, that we all have good chance to practice. We have a monastery here, we have monks who can lead us in the practice. We have a peaceful and stable society here in Australia. So we have the best opportunity available to us. We should take this up and take the chance to study and learn the Dhamma. And this will increase our mindfulness and our wisdom and it will give us the chance to mature and grow in, in, in our spiritual practice in this very life. From this we will gain much happiness. And that happiness won't be just a personal thing, it will spread out to our families and those around us as well. So in conclusion I give you all my anamodana. I'd like to express my appreciation for all your efforts in practicing and in supporting this monastery. Uh, may you progress in the Dhamma and be happy. Nandamayang awadakata satukarang tatamasei